I'm Josie. And I'm Katie. And this is a something spookish. Hi. How are you recovering from our low-key haunting? Quite well. I'm so energized by the activities and the events. It was such a good time, and I can't wait for all of our listeners to hear about it. And that will be coming to you guys on the week of Halloween. So That's right. That's right, Josie. How are you doing? I know we didn't get any sleep, really. No, we didn't, but um, I feel... Like, I feel, like, invigorated. I had so much fun. I want to do this again. Uh, I want to go to more low-key haunting places. Can't handle anything high-key yet, but uh, low-key for sure was, yeah. was delightful. Places with positive spirits. I, yes. I accept. But I do have a high-key haunting for you tonight. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Once well, we've been going kind of, um, I feel like we've been doing, like, topics a little bit and not really mm-hmm. stories so I thought I'd take us back home oh. to something that we uh love to hear about and love to talk about and we're gonna I'm gonna hit you with uh something called the devil's rocking chair oh no oh yes it is it's the rocking chair the devil's rocking chair uh obviously a very a very famous story I've got a lot of sources, so I'll throw them in the show notes if you're interested. This is a super famous story. The case was originally known as the Brookfield Demon Murder Case. Ooh. It came to us from Ed and Lorraine Warren's case files. This uh, sparked the book The Devil in Connecticut, if you have ever heard of that. The movie The Conjuring 3. And now, The Devil's Rocking Chair can be seen at Zach Bagoon's museum. Haunted, haunted Museum. <laughs> I can't. Now that I've heard his name like that, I can't not say it. Zach Baggins. Zach Bagoons. I, uh, I do like it very much. And of course, of course he has the chair, because who else would have the chair but that man? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting, though. I didn't know. I didn't know about the conjuring, and I guess mm, I'm so curious, because I actually don't know a lot about this. I know of it, right? but I don't know about it. I I just remember like seeing a lot about the rocking chair in particular, but then I was like, what's the story behind it? And I remember watching The Conjuring 3 and I was like, huh, how much of this is legit? So I actually, today, I when I was researching, I found an interview uh, from like the 90s of Ed and Lorraine Warren talking about this case. So if you want to check it out, the Warrens have an interview on this and they explain kind of what they saw and it's really interesting. So that's in the show notes too. But there's the Ooh. real story. There's there's a lot more behind just the chair. So if you don't mind, um, I'd like you to, to get in your little horse-drawn spooky carriage, hop in, Ooh. and we're going to go for a, for a midnight drive. Oh, oh my. I like how you set that up just now. I'm ready for it. The story focuses on David Glutzel, and it happened in Connecticut around 1980 and 1981. Now, David Glutzel is an 11-year-old, uh, and he had a slight learning disability. Now, this really did not need to be mentioned, 
uh, because it was extremely minor, but it does kind of come back later, so I'm going to throw it out there. Really, he's basically a normal, happy 11-year-old boy. He's described as very sweet. He loved his family. He was very, very polite, kind of like he liked to follow the rules a little bit, which how nice. We never hear that. So nice. What a good kid. Good kid. Very sweet. Uh, And he was really close to his older sister, Debbie, and her fiance at the time, Arnie Johnson. He loved spending time with them. Kind of like, you know, like you're seven years older than me. Shh. Sorry. Shh. But. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. (laughs) I loved hanging out with you and Jeremy when you guys were dating. I was like, ooh, this is cool. Like we would go skateboard around Boulder and I was like, hells yeah. I'm so cool. That's so cute. I'm so honored. You were cool too, that. And so it worked out for everybody. Oh, honored. I think every little sister just like wants to go hang out with their big sister and be like, yeah, I am cool. And then go back and play Barbies by yourself at home. (laughs) It's so cute. And now (laughs) that I am in my 30s, I'm like, "Mm, I'm sure appreciate my younger sister thinking I'm I'm cool. I'm still cool, right? You are cool. You're like the coolest thing I know. Since we just, like, stayed at a haunted hotel room together, of course we're cool. Okay. All right. Cool. Then I can can be okay with being in my 30s. Please continue. Thank you, sir. Douse some water (laughs) on the fire because I'm just lighting myself up so much over here. Okay. All right. Slow it down. It's not about me. Thank you. It's not about me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, Arnie, Debbie's fiance, he was a hardworking young man, a gentleman, basically described as, you know, the man or the son any parent would want to have. Almost perfect, per se. Now, David and his family have been helping Debbie and Arnie clean up a Connecticut rental property that they were preparing to move into. And that night, well, at the rental property, David was sleeping, uh, but or he he was they were all the family was going to sleep there. So as they're getting ready for bed, David claims that he was pushed into a waterbed by an unseen force. He then saw an older white man with a white beard standing in a plaid shirt and jeans. Uh, And he was a little frightened by this, as you can imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the movie portrays this as, huh, let's see, how do I put this? What's a good, uh, the boy's on the waterbed and then all of a sudden hands come out of the waterbed and they grab him and they take him into the waterbed. What? Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Um, This is horrible. It is horrible. Thank God that didn't happen. Movies. Oh, thank God. Yeah, no, too much. Too much. Just a little tiny bit overly dramatized. Yes, so it was not like that. He just, he was pushed, which is not cool either. Not cool. No, also not nice. And then also saw, you know, this this old man. So, hmm. The movie is is taking some some liberties, per se. If you watch it, as you know, they do. But I'm telling you the real story, but I thought that was a very important thing to differentiate, right? I appreciate you uh, <laughs> giving me what really happened and then what the movie gave you. Yeah, no, I, wouldn't, man, I don't know. I sure yeah, wow. can exaggerate things if need be, but I'm they not really... going to do it here. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to know what happened. <laughs> they really, that, they really like torqued it up a few notches there. They did. We're gonna have to watch The Conjuring Three after uh, Insidious. It'll happen. 
Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll feel better about it now that I know what really happened. Exactly. Uh, so then after this, they, he, you know, he does, he tells his mom that, you know, there's not much that you can do because it was just a very small something, something, but you're still scared. Uh, now they go back to their, to their normal home, their family home. And that night back at the family home, David claims to see this old man sitting in a rocking chair in his room. Only this time, the old man was black and burnt, almost like he'd been in a fire. And he had feet like a deer. So a little bit of hoof action going on down there. Oh, oh, I. That that is concerning. Indeed, the part also about being blackened and burnt. Um, I would say that part disturbs me more. I accept, I... I accept the hoof feet. No, are you kidding me? That's the one thing I don't. I hate hooves. Like if it's on a real animal that should have hooves, right on, man, right on, tubular. I can run with that. But on someone that should be a human, hooves, demon. I don't. <clears throat> I don't. I don't. I, I step back. I step back. I pass the plate to somebody else. I understand where you're coming from. I think. I think for me, my book that I'm currently reading, uh, which is fiction, has a whole subset of characters that are <laughs> that have hooves for feet, and they're pretty Dude, cool. If, so. if I have a centaur on my side, great. Yeah, that seems great. fine. But this, but this is not attached that. to this. No, to this, I agree, is not okay. Like, have you? Yes. Um, oh my god, still something that gets me is the Paranormal Activity movies, the very first one where they pour flour on the ground, and then the next day there's like three claw marks in in the flower impression, and so it's obviously like a demon with claws that are that's just walking around your house willy-nilly. <laughs> no. No. Not only willy, but also nilly. Yeah, that's... No. Okay, so it had hooves, yes. and I'm stuck on okay. that. But <clears throat> solidly... Solidly of concern. <laughs> yes. Now, David said he called this thing a, a beast or the beast, which is okay. fair. Um, David said the beast would come talk to him at night. And he said he also saw this man beast in his night terrors. Uh, he obtained unexplained bruises and scratches on his body. And he would wake up screaming and he described the man um, as having large sunken black eyes animal-like features now including horns hooves pointy ears and jagged teeth oh my gosh this has really escalated it is horrifying absolutely terrifying i never want to see anything he, like that. and this is part of the real story this is what he saw mm-hmm. yeah that's fucking horrible i feel so bad you're 11 years old you're 11 years old. That's not fair. Um, and so I'm thinking, like, it must have attached. It must have saw him as, as like, an easy target to attach to at that other property. And just jumped on and followed him here. And I don't understand that. I mean, it sounds like it started as an old man, which seems to be pretty common in a lot of hauntings. And then escalated into this burnt creature but i still wasn't like okay well it's 
mean. Yeah, as soon as I heard hooves, I was like, no, not normal. Damn. Yeah, no, you near. My fanciful book made my perception askew. And it's okay. I love I how was wrong. Like, open-hearted you are. It's good. It's good. Don't change. <laughs> I want it. I would love for these positive creatures to, you know, because that's way better than a demon. But you know what? It's fine. It is fine. It's fine. And I'm going to tell you why it's fine, because it's not fine, because he would wake up screaming and describing. He would just end up like having crazy episodes after some time. So he would go into complete waves of anger and violence, uh, something that he never really expressed before. So things were... He this thing was kind of latching on to this poor child. Now we're going to get into a little bit more of what happened while um, he was in this possession. His episodes would happen at random, but after some time, they started to occur right at 11 o'clock most nights. And he would flip on and off kind of like a switch uh, until the sun came up. So he'd be fine, and then he would be flailing around and crazy, and then he'd be fine, and then he'd be crazy. I have never heard of this type of thing. Like, how punctual, for one. I know, it's so very How timely. timely. This is very disturbing. Well, in this bit, I don't know if that's super accurate, but that's what Ed Warren said in the interview. So, I'm going to trust it. I, I have no reason not to. I'm going to go with it and be deeply frightened. Oh, good. Great. We're right on pace then. You would look at David, and he looked fine. He looked like... A normal boy. And then a moment later, he wouldn't look like David anymore. And they never quite explained that. What would he look like? Exactly. Yeah, I want to know. I'm assuming if I remember the Annalise case, probably like like kind of black eyes, a little drained, like a change in color, somewhat disheveled looking. But I, I they never explained it, so I'm not sure. I mean, it could be 100% in the eyes. Because when you look at could, someone, you can either tell if they're there or not. Arnie would, Arnie, so Debbie's fiance, this guy, you're gonna, we love. He's a great guy. Arnie would sleep at the Glutzel's house and help every single night to control the boy because they were huh. really close. He was always there. And this guy was like, this guy was a hard worker. He had a job, so he would. He had a like a labor intensive job that he would do all day and then he'd come home and fall asleep, do dinner, and then he'd try to fall asleep and then he knew right at eleven. Oh, here it comes. I gotta be here. And so he would do that every single day and night. And this kid is just I appreciate him. I think it's a good soul. Now David would go into fits, he would roll around, he would screech, and he would occasionally levitate. Yeah, he would levitate, yeah. On, on on the rare occasion he would do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes okay. he levitated in the rocking chair. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. It's made for rocking and not levitating. Not for levitating. Oh, my gosh. That's a good point, Josie. I was trying to remember. <laughs> Jeez, levitation an option? <laughs> no. Rocking chairs? No. Not for that one. No. No. Not that I can recall. Um. Oh, my God. Now... Even worse, he said he heard voices in his head telling him awful things. The boy had extreme strength at times. And awful obscenities would often come from his mouth, which are things that you would not expect 11-year-old to say. Um, 
And not only this coming from him, but pounding would occur throughout the house and furniture would move. Okay, so we've got Everything. a clear case of possession and oh, yeah. poltergeist activity. A little bit, yeah. It just sounds like the devil whammy. Like every horrible thing. This poor family. I know. I don't go much into like the parents, but you know they went through it and they did their best to to support. Uh, when, well, and with this being said, things were getting so bad that they did have someone come in and try to bless the house and check things out. And thankfully, this person somehow knew Ed and Lorraine Warren. So, oh, thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. So they were first contacted by Father Dennis, who was a pastor of St. Joseph's Church in Brookfield, uh, and he wanted them to help on this case. They were told of David's odd behavior, as well as his learning disability. So when the Warrens go to visit David, they contacted a doctor that they knew really well, and they wanted this doctor to go with him that night. Uh, this was because the doctor's son they had contacted actually had a similar problem and was on medication. So they really wanted to see if he could tell or recognize if any part of this was from the medication or the behavioral symptoms of the learning disability, which I think is smart. Mm -hmm. Now, this was obviously not the case. The doctor thought David's case was so mild, it would have uh, little to no effect on his behavior at the time now. Good. Rule that out. Yeah. Check their P's and Q's. It's done. Uh, but this did now confirm that the Warrens thought David was in the beginning stages of demonic possession, which is like, oh, shit. Sounds like he's a little bit farther along than that. He's I been levitating. Levitating, yeah, and it seems a, a touch past the starting line. It's okay. I don't know. We're, listen, are you a demonologist? Am I? No. 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 No, I'm not. So. All right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. No, damn it. Am I? Uh, Wait. No. So we'll leave that to the experts. Fair enough. Now, the Warrens, they go to meet David at the house on a particularly hot night. And the Warrens meet the family, and then they meet David. Now, David is sitting at a table, and he's doodling, as 11-year-olds do. Lorraine stated, he looks like a little normal boy, and he was concentrating on his drawing. And then when he looked up, he did not look like a normal 11-year-old boy. Which I'm assuming is the eyes. This is the rest of her account. Lorraine said that while her husband Ed was interviewing the possessed boy, David Glutzel, she saw a black mist materialize next to him, indicating that the demon was present. David's <gasps> mother, Judy, had previously wondered if a ghost, not a demon, was the culprit, but the Warrens rejected this idea. Lorraine also claimed that she saw David being choked by invisible hands, this is later on, and he remarked that he had the feeling he was being hit. She said the red marks could be seen on his neck afterward. Lorraine wow. said, I know, that's intense. Lorraine said that she witnessed David growl and hiss. She heard him speak in unrecognizable voices, and this is creepy, said that he would recite passages from the Bible and John Milton's Paradise Lost. What kid is reciting Paradise Lost? What's Paradise Lost? I should know what that is, shouldn't I? Yeah, you were in IB high school. Yep. The book about... It's all gone now. The Fallen... Had the, the story of the 
of Satan and how he fell from grace and the story of Beelzebub. Oh, and well, I know that. Life. That has nothing to do with high school. What? Oh, I read like religious studies in high school. I don't know. Sorry. Oh, you've got a good memory. Um, okay, so yeah, the story of Lucifer you know what? And I actually remember. Yeah, because I was like, oh, sweet demons. <laughs> I was like, I think I can read this. Let me. I want to know. Be it was interesting, um, but it it's also very boring. It's a very long read, and it's yeah, aside from this podcast, it hasn't served me very well. Anywho, <laughs> except for this moment right right here. here, right now. Thank God. Why on earth would eleven year old David know any of that? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Um, now, David's sister, Debbie, said that he would also spit, bite, kick, and swear terrible words. She described powerful forces flopping him head to toe like a rag doll. Just Well, that's horrifying. I know. He fucking break his neck. Yeah. That might be the goal. Oh, no. Debbie said that she saw the demon once during one of her brother's uh, nighttime episodes she said he manifested just a face on the wall high cheekbones a narrow chin a thin nose big black eyes hidden in dark holes he showed his teeth she said it disappeared as quickly as it re- as it appeared in the wall in the wall and you can imagine this thing is like illuminating so much fear Every time it does something. So it can like do something else that's even more scary that will illuminate even more fear and it will feed off of that. So it can just get stronger and stronger and stronger. Nasty. Shit. So this thing's getting more and more powerful. Yes. Now, Great. the first uh, exorcism that they did took place in the local church, uh, St. Joseph's Church. And it was, a uh, um, how do I put this? Unsuccessful. Oh, okay. At first... They couldn't get David into the car because he would run away. And at one point, now, now put your seatbelt on for this one. Now, at one point, he had a knife and he tried to kill his mother and his grandma. Oh, uh, what? No, uh, yes, yes, yes. That's what he did. Motherfucker. Don't do that. <laughs> Exactly, right? Don't be holding a knife at 11 trying to kill people. That's not the path you want to go down. Now, uh, after this... Maybe don't... Well, wait, quick question, though. Maybe don't try to get him in the car after 11 p.m. Oh, no, this was during the day. What? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. David was like, oh, no exorcism. And um, him, but probably more so the demon, was probably like, fuck you guys. I'm staying home. I'm not <laughs> going anywhere. And and now we have trouble. Because we got he's got he's gotta go do it. It's like going to the dentist. You gotta do it. You just you gotta go get an exorcism. You have to do it. Things are bad, you gotta do it. It's either now or never. It's good for you. You'll exactly. be glad you did. You can scream all you want, but we gotta go. That's yeah. Whether you are getting led with a lollipop or dragged by your ankles, it's happening. So buckle in. okay (laughs) now ed finds david on his bed in the fetal position and he's with a priest the priest walks over to david uh, and that's when david glides into the standing position lands on the floor then runs into the bathroom and locks the door 
Yes, I said glides into the standing position. Can, can you? I'm picturing it. Yeah, or they, or he swiftly, he somehow stands without bending any of his ligaments. That sounds like a levitation. Indeed, indeed, a slight levitation. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too showy. Um, but it's there for a <laughs> purpose say a to touch get the showy. job done. You're saying not a single ligament was bent. You know, I. That's what it. That's what it was described as. So well, I'm, that's, that's what I That's impressive to me in my person. Right? I can't do that. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so after he locks the door, they hear cackling from inside the bathroom, which is just god-awful. Um, finally, they break the door, and they took him to church, where they would perform the exorcism. So eventually, you got there. You did it, but we had to drag you, and that's that's fine. You got there. You did it. While in the exorcism, David is saying, the beast is back at the house. So, of course, Ed goes back to the house to investigate. Ed goes through the house with holy water, and he sees the old rocking chair, rocking on its own, with nobody in it. Then pounding throughout the entire house begins, um, and then he hears a growling coming from down in the cellar. No, not the cellar. I hate the growling. I hate the cellar. Yeah, I hate the rocking chair. I hate it all. I hate it all. hate it all. So that was exorcism numero uno. And there is a plethora more after that. Uh, But there were some nights where it took four to five men to hold this little boy down since he became so strong. Eleven years old. Five grown men and if you look at pictures of his dad he's like a grizzly bear he's like a he's a man's man and he couldn't even hold down his own son that just doesn't um add up yeah possessive gravity that's insane what are you supposed to do against that just keep on trying keep on doing exorcisms which they did um, but during these exorcisms, he would still scream, rant, shout profanities. He was yelling at everyone he loved, and he would even attack his mother quite a bit. One time he broke his mother's nose by either hitting her or headbutting her. After one all-night session, sometimes these exorcisms would go all night long, uh, the priests left the house in the morning. And Ed and Lorraine Warren were here for a few of them. But one priest called to tell Lorraine Warren that when he woke up from his nap, his pillow was covered in blood. He was not bleeding. So Ed and Lorraine Warren, they call this um, a pour. And this is a trick from the devil to scare the priests. Uh, It's a type of manifestation, so it can unmanifest something from somewhere and manifest it somewhere else and so the priest was not bleeding he just woke up with this manifestation of blood on his pillow are you telling me though that the blood came from somewhere yeah i don't know where don't ask me where did it come from someone probably needs that wow very thoughtful yes maybe it's his own in the future i don't know oh wow oh now we're throwing time travel into it no 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either. I don't want to know. That's terrible. That's so frightening. And 
that makes sense because you hear about people seeing like blood on the walls or in the Hanover case where like there would be blood running out of the faucet all this thing that yeah it's like it's a it's a technique to scare us because they love to feed on fear this podcast has made me realize if I just say fuck you I might be okay if I just have lost all of my futzes to give I'll probably be all right anyway I kind of feel like that too I feel like like, if you have some strong boundaries but the most important thing is like you said you must not have a single futz left no futzes I'm like oh god my door is opening by itself yeah it does that every Sunday take away your power put it in my pocket that's right oh you forgot (laughs) the part where you lay out your boundary and you say hey knock it off stop it stop it not cool okay I think we did it. I think things have heard me at this point. I think so, too. Uh, yeah, no, no, I think we're good. I think we're now solidly protected, so good job. And okay. and I say that transfers to the audience, so you're welcome. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I'll take credit for that. During another <laughs> session, uh, he David had this toy animatronic dinosaur, so it would, like, walk around and, like, raw and stuff like that. Uh, but this toy dinosaur was off at the time. It had never gone off before during an exorcism, but while they were in session, this toy dinosaur started moving toward the group. And then all of a sudden, now it cannot talk. Nothing in it is programmed to talk, but everybody in the room swears to God. In a very deep voice, this dinosaur said, Beware, you're all going to die. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, what are you going to do? You're like, okay, what do I do with that information? Like, shit. It kind of seems like the dinosaur was trying to be helpful. Mm, I think it was trying to be scary. Okay. I think it was trying to be scary. Damn it. I really like (laughs) dinosaurs. So, again, I was trying to make it less scary. Yeah, don't trust every dinosaur. uh, Oh, that's the kind of toy that I would have loved to have growing up. For some reason, love to be a dinosaur. I know. Fun. All right. It's a bad dinosaur trying to be scary in a word. (laughs) Now, the Warrens thought David was possessed by a devil. But later, they found that he was possessed. Somehow, I keep running into this. 43 devils. Caitlin. What? 43. (laughs) Jesus Christ, how are there so many? I don't understand. How do I find, how, how do I find every story that's not like, it's just, not not just one demon, 50. And I am, I'm simply looking for one. I swear to God, I'm not searching these out. I'm simply looking for one. And I don't know if this is a sign. I don't know if someone is like saying, watch out, Josephine. Look at all these devils that you keep running into. Hey, I asked for one. I keep getting fucking like 40 to 50. What the fuck? That's pretty funny because I feel like I find stories with one. Wait, what? <gasps> Dude. <laughs> you, you have dozens. There's always dozens. And why are they devils and not demons? Is there a difference? I think they did say there was a difference, although I didn't write it down, so you'll have to look it up by yourself. Sorry. Um, I don't. But see, at the same time, this makes a lot of sense because I'm like, okay. 
yeah, a whole bunch of demons can be. But it still doesn't make sense at the same time. And I keep... Anyway, I've read it before, so obviously it's a thing, and fine. So he's got... So there's 43 devils that are attached to him and this chair. This is literally the first time I've ever heard of there being an issue with devils and not demons. Yeah, please, please keep going. Up. I have to look up the difference. I have to Jeez. know. I have to know. But really quickly, I'll just say that Ed Warren called upon these devils uh, just because he wanted to get them away from the boy. So he was like, well, I'm going to go back to my house. I'm going into my study and I'm going to call upon the devils. Uh, or, and he at that time, he thought it was one devil. Um, so he he was like, if I can take this devil away and maybe trap it in my space, this will help. So he calls upon the one devil, uh, but he ends up seeing a figure. And it, he said it came to him in kind of a kaleidoscope. So it was a figure with a kaleidoscope face, and it went from one horrible face to the next, to the next, to the next, just kept cycling after horrible demonic face after demonic face. Yeah. Yeah. I can't find it, and it's making it hard to discern at a glance, so. Maybe maybe they're interchangeable, but uh, if anyone out there would like to tell us, you know our Jamail, something spookish. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Again, we run into a multitude of demons, which that's a devils. big problem. Yes, devils. Now, during a particularly intense exorcism session with the boy and the Warrens and the six priests and the everybody. The whole gang. The the whole gang. One of the demons supposedly went from the body of the boy, David, into the body of Arnie, Debbie's fiance. Now this is because Arnie egged on the demon to leave David's body and possess him instead. According to Ed Ed Warren, Arnie yelled, Take me on. Leave my little buddy alone. That is so sweet and heroic, but um, don't do that. I feel so bad. Because, like, you're in the heat of the moment. You're like, get the f*** out of my, like, my nephew, almost. Like, leave leave him alone. Like, pick on somebody your own size, and that's me. Like, Your little buddy. I know. Now, the good thing is, after a few days, David's condition actually started to improve, but Arnie began to show signs that the demon had taken a hold of him. Uh. Now, Lorraine said, as she was there, he did challenge it. Then he invited it. He invited it. When you challenge evil, it doesn't just jump on you then. It waits until you are, you are most vulnerable. And then it strikes. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. And if, well, and I just feel like if we've learned that setting strong boundaries and whatnot works, I'm sure a verbal invitation like he did probably works too, unfortunately. Can be as like minor and non thought through as, and it's still, it it can be the littlest thing and it'll get you. Um, So this is a really good learning opportunity. Protect it. Now I'm trying to become a witch. I'm trying to do witch magic now, like good witch magic. That's gonna be my whole mission yes. coming up. I'm gonna try That's to protect right. myself. But the more you know, Jizzy. the more you protect yourself. 
I support you in your mission. Thank you. So now it's got so now it's got Arnie. And following this, Arnie claims that the demon took control of his car uh, at one point and forced it into a tree, leaving him startled but in, uninjured. Thank goodness. Another time, the demon was blamed for Arnie's fall from a tree while working as a tree trimmer. Debbie, his fiance. That's a dangerous job to have. Dangerous job. Debbie claims that he would hallucinate and growl. Arnie said that his final lucid encounter with the demon was at the rental home where David at first had the experience. He was at the rental home when he was examining an old well, which supposedly housed the demon, according to Arnie. He truly became possessed when he made eye contact with the demon in the well. (gasps) Oh! Oh! Oh, the demon in the well! Yeah. Oh, no! Oh, my gosh! So, so it's just downhill from here, then? Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. It does continue to roll downhill. Now that he's fully possessed? Now that he's fully possessed, can I tell you? Don't make eye contact with the demon. I know. How are you supposed to know, though? Ugh, so many rules. On February 16th, 1981, the 19-year-old Arnie Johnson called in sick to work, and then um, he met up with Debbie because he wasn't sick. (laughs) But he went to Debbie. I know, sneaky. Uh, Alan Bono who was 40 years old, who was also Debbie and Arnie's landlord at the time. They were all friends as well. Invited them out to lunch at a local pizza parlor. While they are at the restaurant, Alan and Arnie both get uh, excessively drunk, or they're just drinking very heavily. And then they start to get into somewhat of an altercation. Arnie then begins to growl like an animal. He pulls out a five-inch pocket knife. And he starts stabbing Alan Bona repeatedly. (gasps) Well, that escalated quickly. Alan suffered four to five tremendous wounds, mainly to his chest. He actually died at the hospital several hours later. He didn't make it. Arnie was then taken into custody two miles from the scene by police. And he claimed that he couldn't remember anything that happened. He had no idea why he was being arrested. No idea what that his friend had died from him is absolutely confused. Now, the following day, paranormal investigator Lorraine Warren called and told the police that it was her belief that Arnie Johnson was possessed when he killed Alan Bono. To have Lorraine Warren back you the fuck up? Well, at the time, I totally understand why they didn't listen, but right now I would be like, damn, Okay, Lorraine, that's some evidence right there. That's something to consider. Yes, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's gonna help. So I'm gonna talk to you about the trial. So Ed and Lorraine Warren, of course, they rave about the amazing character of Arnie. They both felt that he was a perfect gentleman, an all-American boy. They never saw one ounce of anger or physical violence come from this man. A psychiatrist did evaluate Arnie. And he was found completely normal and of healthy, sound mind. Eight months after the homicide, 
Arnie's lawyer, Martin Manella, attempted to enter a plea of not guilty due to demonic possession. Manila argued that Arnie Johnson killed Bono while under the devil's spell, stating that his client was possessed by a demon, and it was a demon who actually manipulated his body. It was the first known court case in the United States history where the defense had sought to prove innocence based on a claim of demonic possession. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they did because if, if the events that you laid out are true, then it is completely, it, he, like, Arnie's just as much as, of a victim as anyone else in this. I know, and we're like caught in this rock in a hard space. The judge, Robert Callahan, promptly rejected the idea of a defense based on demonic possession. Callahan stated that no, that no such defense could ever exist in a court of law due to a lack of evidence. He stated that it would be irrelevant and unscientific to allow testimony related to such defense, but you can't have God if you can't have, like, eh. and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm slightly frustrated by this remark because if you can have God in the court, and if you don't want to call it God, then call it love. And I don't have anything else to argue. If it was just that, if it was just the word of love and acceptance and unconditional love, then I don't have any feet to stand on with this argument. But if you're going to say God and call God as God, which we all know which God they're referring to, then why, then how is it unscientific? To, to, but to... how are they, how are they bringing God in? Aside from, you know, you have to swear on the Bible that you're telling the truth and. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, you know, if the Bible is involved in the court at, by at any part, then. And listen, the fact that he's just going to say unscientific. Then. Yeah. Then we shouldn't be putting our hand on the Bible swearing to the Lord that we're telling the truth. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that argument, and I can see why he rejected it, uh, because we don't have a agreed-upon, tried-and-true method of verifying if someone is possessed. Yeah, who wants to be the first judge to let a case in where, you know, it's the it's the demon case, the devil-made-me-do-it case, you know? No, no judge right. is going well, like, to that, that on. opens the floodgates mm -hmm. to people lying about it. Which is fair, which I support, which I've done, again, a few cases about, which most of the time they have to say is screw you because no excuses. You can't just be killing people, which I agree. I'm not mad yeah. at this judge. I was just confused because I was like, okay, well, listen. No, you're absolutely, well, I totally understand because hearing this case and hearing it from especially what the whole family experienced. To me, I feel like we have ample evidence that there was possession here. Right. And I think it should have at least been considered. I understand why it wasn't, but I still, I don't, I don't think Arnie is at fault. I think Arnie is a victim of possession. I agree. Well, and I, I love, I love what you said because I, I agree that there's only so much the court could do, but wait till you hear this kicker. Mm. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. 
So Arnie's lawyer had to give up the argument of demonic possession and instead decided to argue um, that Johnson acted in self-defense, which is just such a weak argument here. The thing that's going to make you mad is that none of the Warrens' evidence, none of the recordings, there are recordings of the exorcisms, none of the transcripts, None of the priests nor the Warrens were allowed to admit evidence or to uh, take the stand on trial. So basically, they had fucking nothing. The defense had nothing. They could not bring any evidence in from the possession case, nor could the priests or the Warrens testify in court. Oh, my God. So what are you going to do? Why not? See, that... That's the part that I'm just like, why? Because if they have the evidence, but it's not evidence, I guess. But at least, at least entertain it. At least, you know, at least have the show it to the jury, or at least have yeah. the rain Warren come on. Like the, uh, I'm frustrated. no, no, that all should have been shown for sure. What's your defense? Oh, he acted in self defense, and um, and then we know it. that's bullshit. But you're not gonna let us show our actual evidence. So So here you go. And this probably like yeah, this trial is probably very, very short. Um sorry, Arnie. Frustrating. That sucks. And the jury had a hard time kind of figuring out what to do. They deliberated for fifteen hours over the course of three days. On November twenty fourth of nineteen eighty one, Arnie Johnson was convicted of first-degree manslaughter and sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. This case was known as the Devil Made Me Do It case. And while the Warrens have passed away to their dying day, they believed and claim that the devil, hands down, made Arnie Johnson do it. Debbie and Arnie were... Uh, eventually married while he was in jail and he really ended up serving about four to five years for manslaughter because he had really 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 good behavior like he was perfect in prison like, and totally fine after this which is like well another okay hold on thing. well yeah wait 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 so conveniently he's not possessed anymore because like that for me is a little like wait wait one second well so here's the, my de- thinking. the devil's like I I got to murder someone. I'm good. That's I do think that I think it, I think it was able to commit the worst act possible that it wanted, and I I don't know if they get like if every devil or demon has like this final stage where if they can make someone like get a soul, then they're on to the next bit. Or but I I do believe that after he committed this act, it got exactly what it wanted. And it was done. Does that mean it got the soul of the guy that was murdered? I don't know. Maybe. Because that would fucking suck. That would be unfair. But then also, I would argue that a resource that you've infiltrated could have been used. He could have definitely gone after other vulnerable people in prison. I just, that, that's tough. That one's tough for me. You just poof, and okay, and I'm good. Ed and Lorraine Warren did somewhat cast the spirit to the rocking chair, they believe. So maybe after, I mean, I'm about to get into it, but 
Lorraine would see this beast in the rocking chair. And the boy, David, would see the beast in the rocking chair. And apparently they were like the only two people to ever see like the entity that sat in the chair. But they would, and because the exorcisms were done in the chair and it seemed to be drawn to the chair, they ended up casting it to the chair. Was this after the murder? I don't know if this was before or after, but I'm assuming it still had ties to the chair. So that's why I'm thinking if it got what it wanted, maybe it was like sucked back there. And they kept a lot of religious items always by the chair. So there was like statues of the Virgin Mary and rosaries. And that and those never left like the vicinity of the chair. Those were always around it. And they continue to be around it to this day, even in Sachs Museum. Um, so some maybe that does kind of make sense if Ed Lorraine Warren had already sort of bound it to the chair. Maybe it was struggling to keep a hold on Arnie. And maybe once they was able to get the murder out of him, then it was like, all right, cool. I'm going to stop trying so hard to keep my hold on this guy because I that's about that's probably as much as I'm going to get out of this one. Yeah, maybe. Like you were saying. So maybe. It's... Or maybe. The devil just did not want to sit through court hearing. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's annoying as hell. So I'd rather be yeah, locked in, in a rocking chair. On the triple other advocate side, the last one I will do is if you get access to prison, like that's a pretty sweet gig. Like there's so much misery in there and violence and horrible things. Like you would think that would be awesome. So the only thing that I could really... I I don't know. That's that's what's popping into my head is that maybe it had been fighting being pulled back to the rocking chair so hard for so long that it just finally gave in. And I do. And maybe they did do something afterwards, like after the murder. Maybe they did cast it again to the chair. I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know. There's some very good stories and I accept. I really I really and I have to work on this. I'm trying so hard lately to find answers definitive answers to things and i really need to like let go of that let it go yeah oh no i set that one up didn't i let it go. <laughs> i can't i can't okay good try great but here's some good news is that debbie and arnie were married while he was in jail i'm gonna just say that again because it makes me happy <laughs> yay. yay well and that really shows that debbie really believes that it wasn't arnie yeah. And uh, didn't forget about David. David has lived a very normal life since back in 1990. I don't know what he's doing now, but in that interview of the Warrens from like 20, 30 years ago, he was doing fine working with his dad and about to get married. So we assume that David's doing fine, just fine. Um, Arnie's out. Everyone's fine. Everyone's doing great. Well, that's good, except for the guy that got murdered. Except for that guy, which, rest in peace. I'm going to move on swiftly, though, and talk to you about the devil's rocking chair. Oh. Because wait, there's more. Oh, I would love more. Yeah, and uh, now we're going to get into Zach Bagoons. Zach Bagoons. Zach Bagoons. Zach Bagoons. Because he's somehow always a part of these episodes now. Jesus, Zach, slow down. Listen, I'm a big fan, Zach. Come on the pod. We should just go to the Haunted Museum. Oh, no, we should. All right, but I'm not going in the doll room. 
we'd be like, we're here to see Zach Bagoons. Yeah, Thank does you. Zach Bagoons want to talk to us? I'd be like, Zach, man. Zach. My God. How are you not dead yet? How? <laughs> That's what we'd like to know. What are your protection measures? What fucking crystals do you have hidden under that shirt that you never tell anybody about? Because you should, my sir, be a dead. And you're not. <laughs> and for I, that, good job. A dead. Uh, so we're going to talk about his his uh, interaction with the chair here. And it's just so stereotypical, oh Zach. You can't be interfacing with this many curses and horrifying things and, and just be unscathed in this manner. I know. I'm like, what are you? Obviously, you're not of this world, but okay. Potentially not. Maybe maybe that's it. You know what, Josie? We'll find out when we do our interview with him. It's fine. Right, right so. Right so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I proceed into saying the rocking chair in which David and Lorraine claim to have seen the beast sitting in uh, is now the same chair, and the same chair that was used in the exorcism now sits in the Haunted Museum of Las Vegas. Zach bought it from the family, and he paid a simple $67,000 for this haunted piece of, of furniture. Imagine if I was like, haunted couch, it kills you if you touch it, uh has had a bad history 70 70 grand take Listen. for 70 grand pay me 70 grand for killer couch for the killer couch yeah if that... there is anything i have learned from watching every single season of ghost adventures don't you dare give me shit you've done it too not you <laughs> but someone out there who's about to give me shit <laughs> I've learned that 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 Zach is an avid collector of haunted things, and I don't know why, and I don't know if he knows why, but he must be collecting all the things. So you know what? This falls right in line, right in You're line. Right. He's got That's a piece of uh, um, Charles Manson, like you know. What, what do you mean he has a piece? Like... He's got a piece of him. <laughs> what do you mean a piece I of don't... him? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has a piece of Charles Manson. I don't remember what piece. But that is what I recollect. Like hair? I'll find out. Maybe that was it. Because there's not a lot of pieces that you could have of someone. Ew, I don't even want to think about a piece from anybody. (laughs) (laughs) A piece? No. I hope I'm right about that. I'm going to have to go find out now. He's got um... something from Charles Manson, I know. But I didn't know it was a piece of him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ah, all right. As I'm as I'm disintegrating, as I read the rest of my fucking notes here on the things that I can't handle anyway. Jesus Christ! Please continue. I'm so sorry. Continuing. Oh, don't don't fret. Continuing. Holy water stains still rest on the chair, and you can see the stains on the cushion. The chair is now presumed to be cursed. When Zach got the chair, he received a notarized letter containing a warning for said chair. Anyone who sits in it will experience mild to extreme back pain and problems, some so severe they even required surgery after sitting in it. Which is too wow. much. Yeah, uh, no. Wow. Yeah. No. Why would you risk it? Why would you risk it? Don't. Yeah. Don't risk it. No. Uh, but somebody... Well, you know, he 
This is an interesting one. Kevin Frazier, he was a TV uh, interviewer. He came to Zach's museum uh, to do a story on the chair. And when he was uh, viewing the rocking chair, he lightly mocked the chair, per se. We don't mock evil, as you know. No, we don't. That's a good rule. Uh, so he gets like close to the chair and then he like makes a joke. He's like, oh yeah, I'll sit on. He's like, no, you're crazy. And he like walks away and then Zach is like, oh dude, you just mocked it. You mocked the chair. You mocked it. And so Ah! he immediately says, Kevin, this Kevin guy, he's like, spirit, I was not mocking you. And immediately after that, like the look on his face just changes. And he's like, whoa, my low back. It's like my low back is spasming. A little bit like it's starting to tighten up and so he actually has to walk out of the room like he's like are you fucking serious right now and he stops the interview because he's starting to feel his back uh hurt and so he's done he's done he's done with the interview he stops it and this is never in his life has he ever stopped an interview before this was the very first time so he was obviously very shaken now nothing came past that and he did eventually get better, but he and he didn't even sit in the chair. He just mocked it. And that lightly, is, lightly, that is fucking scary. No, no. Yeah, don't even try. Not even once. Now, Zach decides to do some experiments with the chair during the pandemic uh, quarantine shutdown. Because what else are you going to do? Ah. Shoot You're a bored? TV series, yeah. Sure. Do the most uh, scary tricks and experiments we can think of during the pandemic. Let's let's do that. It's a great idea. No, don't do that. Uh, okay. This uh, this is an episode from, as I said, Ghost Adventures Quarantine, and this episode is called the uh, Summoning Experiments, and I'm just gonna focus on the part. Where they talk about the devil's rocking chair. So Zach goes into the devil's rocking chair room. And he has a little EMF detector. The thing that spikes electromagnetic field, uh, you know, intensity. The detector is normal throughout the whole room. And right by the chair, it starts going off. And then the room immediately drops in temperature. And you can see Zach. He's like physically cold and shaking. And then Zach is doing his Zach thing, and he's just egging it on. He's like, let me see what you look like. Are you even real? Let me see. Ed and Lorraine Warren saw you. Blah. I just have to, I'm just like, every time I'm just like, dude, my dude, dude. That's 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 heavily mocking. Yeah, I'm, that, how are you not dead? Okay, I'm going to keep going because you two will have the same question. <laughs> but just okay, just keep, ponder, ponder that in your, in your noggin. So he, because it just gets worse. He then decides, ah, fuck me, Zach. He then (laughs) decides to play the original cassette recording of the boy's exorcism. Like, why don't I put this original recording on where you manifested and let's just see, la-di-da-di-do, what the hell happens (laughs) when I play this god-awful recording now they play it you can hear it in in the show but the all you can hear is the beep because of how disturbing it is so do you really hear it no you don't why are you going off playing that next to the rocking chair my guy what do you 
Who? What are you doing? Who invited you? Oh, that's why he had to get his own museum. Because he had to be <laughs> like, I invited myself. He's like, no one can kick me out. This is my bitch. That's right. That's right. Genius. I can be as off the wall as I so choose. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. way to provoke. Way to provoke. Play the recording. Play the disturbing, creepy exorcism recording. Yes. Yes. Please do that. Please do that. And then he decides to use the ALS camera. Did I say that right? The one that shows oh, yes. you those uh, creepy stick figures when you walk around. Oh, good. My favorite. Oh, yeah. This this is this is nice and uh, juicy. So when a medium... Huh, he's using the camera when a medium figure appears about a yardstick away from the chair. And then it immediately disappears. Okay. And then several anomalies appear by the chair and like on the chair and like around the chair. So this this bodes well for the 43 demon kind of a thing. The fact that it was like oh, one and then right. it was like, but that's the only time you see multiple, then it stops. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I had somehow had forgotten because I remembered the description of like the the singular entity, you know, that Ed saw or I'm sorry that. Um, yeah, Ed was Ed uh, saw. It was Lorraine like saw. Yeah, and that David saw like the crispy hoofed thing. And you say I'm actually thinking of just that. Yep. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Gross. Ew. Gross. That's 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 what it sounded like it was. And yeah, uh, so I kept I reverted back to thinking it was just one thing. But tis a multitude. But you're right, it was a bunch. But then apparently but you know it can when... morph into one if it wants to. Well, you know what? What if that's just a cheap trick? What if that's just a cheap trick from the one being like, I'm actually 43. No, there's actually 43 here. You wouldn't dare mess with 43 of us, would you? No. That's a great point. It's trying to toot its own horn, get a little ego boost. It's trying to be, pretend to be more than what it is. Wow. No, no, there's just one of you, you liar. That's not how you find love. That's not how you find love. I don't think that's a goal. Oh. That is how you become intimidating. <laughs> that is. Well, here's here's what's slightly more intimidating, which I did see with my pupils, and it did um, it made me uncomfortable. So I guess that's the right word. So then the same medium figure appears next to the chair, and it appears to be leaning its elbow on the chair, like it's just hanging out next to the chair, with its elbow on on the hand rest. Like, it's hanging. And I hate that. I hate it. You don't get to chill. You don't just get to... You don't get to, like, lean back like Mr. Cool Guy over there. No. Fuck you. But then what it does is it morphs. It was standing on two legs. It looks like a person. It has an elbow on a chair. Then it morphs into a creature-looking thing. And it gets in there. It's like this weird boxy thing in the body. And then it's got four legs. Oh, Gross. And it's just legs, and it looks like an animal. Oh, and then it's like ew. doing an animal type of thing, and then it immediately switches back into a person figure, and this time it's now sitting in the chair, and then it vanishes. Sounds like a one of those fucking. You know how werewolves are like? Now I'm on two feet. Now I'm on four feet. Uh huh. Maybe it's like that, but in spirit form. Yeah, but in demon form. Yeah. Sounds like things can be like, I'm on two legs. Now I'm on four legs. Fuck you. Isn't that creepy? It is. It is that creepy. It is. 
You win. Yeah. Have my ticket. You won. I've <laughs> won the ticket to creepy. Well done. I've only got one and you get it. Good job. Okay. Well, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's disturbing. That's that's disturbing. What 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 could be even more exciting than that though? After you just you're alone in a room with this murderous evil debilita- debilitating chair with 43 demons attached to it and you're Zach Bagoons and you've got your devices around and then you're like, hmm, well, I've pissed it off. I've played its <laughs> remarks. I've mocked it. And now I've seen this creature thing, humanoid creature thing, bop around it. What oh my more God. could I potentially do here? Oh my Let's God, I know see. what you can do. Oh, uh, sit in it, perhaps? Oh, Shall I sit in it? Shall we we just take a pop pop a squat in the haunted chair? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. That's that's what he did. He decides that sitting in the chair is the best course of action for this evening. So Zach decides to sit in the goddamn chair. Yeah. Zachary. May I call you Zachary? Yeah, please. Don't do that. Don't. Listen. Oh, and there was there was a bit of it where like because you they, they show you the note that the family gives you. And the very end of the note is like, would you dare the devil and take a seat? And you just see Zach like in the dark being like, and he's alone again. And he reads that last bit and he's like, he walks away. He's like, yes, I would. And I'm like, I hate you. I hate you right now. Yeah, but you know what? We love it. We love it. I need someone to sit in the chair. Sit in the chair. But they didn't even lead up to it. He's just like. And this is why I think he's probably kind of superhuman. So I do like you, Zach Baggins. Like, don't be mad at me for giving you a hard time. He just pops a squat in it. He just sits down. Like, no buildup. Just sits in it. Just Uh-oh. sits in it. Like, it's nothing. And then he just no starts rocking in, in it. Nope, just oh, sits in good. it. Yeah, as he does. Now he's rocking back and forth in the spooky chair. And then all of a sudden, he gets a shortness of breath. So he stands up, and after several moments, he gets noticeably sick and nauseous. So he ends the experiment, and then he goes outside. He calls it quits. He's done. He's done with the chair. good. And apparently, he never really had any back pain from it. And the chair is at its rightful home in Las Vegas now. And good golly. That is that is the horrifying tale of um, the devil made me do it case, and a little bit more on the devil's rocking chair. Oh, Jared, really need to go. I know. I want to check it out. I'm so scared of that museum, but I really want to do it. Is that our next thing? Are we going to Vegas? We should do that. Did you know? I looked it up once. They make you sign a waiver. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. They, they're like, if you get hurt or haunted, not our fault. Your fault. Your fault for for coming. Yep. I'm going to yeah. have to bring, like, I just come as a crystal. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I would have all this, like, all of the protective crystals I could possibly afford just jammed in my pockets. Like, don't even try me. Yeah. I'll get, like, a giant, like, night suit made of smoky quartz or perhaps perhaps ormus oh yeah. that's yes ormus would be great yes and just a shield 
Because I want to see. I want to check it out. I really do. I feel like I wouldn't, like, look at anything. Like, the dolls. Because, like, there's... I think it's, like... Oh, my God. It's, like, Peggy the doll. If you look at her, she'll, like, give you a heart attack. Yeah, I don't want to have a heart attack. But I do want to look at her. So I'm in between a rock and a hard spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? That's because if to be you a game time me, decision. Yeah, you tell me not to look. And the first thing I want to do is look. So. You know what, Josie? Are we reversing roles right now? Because I told you not to look, Josie. <laughs> I do that. See, you see, know what? And see, there's some things that I say. This is why we're good for each other. You protect me. <laughs> I protect you. You give a little. I give a little. Uh, but I, how am I, I supposed to not look? I'm just going to have to go into the doll room with a blindfold on. We're going to have to skip that room altogether. We're just going to have to skip it altogether. Uh, thanks for hearing my crazy story about a rocking chair and a possession. Welcome back to the home base. Hope it felt good. Why is this the home base? Exorcisms? Hauntings. And I, mean, I feel like this is my home base. This is your home base? For sure. Yeah. For sure it, it is. It feels right. Wow. It feels right. Yeah, the most frightening, most far. <laughs> your home base is... A possession of many demons. Whatever yes. possession of yes. many demons we can get. Let's see if I can find any more possessions that are... Uh, <laughs> I think anything more than two or three at this point will fall into my wheelhouse. So feel free to send them <laughs> to me. I will look them up. Okay, great. Well, right, well you know what? I'm going to have to punt any of those over to you that I find. So yeah, challenge yeah. accepted. Um. Uh, well, that's great. That's uh, super, super creepy. The image of the crispy demon is now burned into my brain. So thank you. And gross. I, I, I really enjoyed that. I didn't know all the details behind that case. And um, geez, I am really curious about other stories where possession leads to murder. And looking at any of the similarities that come across those cases. So keep them coming. Dude, the first one I had... I swear to God, it was either 43 or 48 demons, and that led to a murder. Just saying. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, my gosh. Which one was that? Which one was that? The Michael Taylor. That's right. The Michael Taylor episode. One of our very first episodes. Yeah, it was. It was in the 40s. It was in the 40s. Oh, that was that little one with the, um, the demon of unruliness? Yes. 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 I. How could I forget? Um, and if you, dear listener, know of any cases that you would like us to cover, I would love to hear them. I just want to know if there are any cases off the top of your head that you're like, oh, several dozen demons were involved in this case over here. Email mm-hmm. them to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll take recommendations of anything you want us to talk about. Please send it. Send your stories too. Because we will, I think it's, we're getting to the point where we will probably do an episode here in November, December of our listener, our eerie encounter tales from you guys. Yes, we've already gotten a couple. Thank you so much for sending them in. They're so good and I'm so excited. So we just need a few more and then we can build a whole episode out of them where there's a lot more to come from us. Um, Josie, even on the holidays, I have to tell you, I dibs. The Santa entity. You wait. You dibs Krampus? No, I don't. No, I don't want Krampus. What do you I mean? I want to talk about the paranormal. Um, 
pers- uh, uh, components of Santa and what makes Santa like an, a real being and just talk about some of that. So there's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, great. We're well, then I'll take, I'll take Krampus. You can have Krampus. Okay, good deal. Great. <laughs> great. Great. Fantastic. Stay with us past the spooky season because we will be here. Um, but yeah, Josie, because this was creepy, may I have some light? I send you light. Take it. Oh my gosh, thank you. Josie, and I, I send you this light. I send it to you from across across the distances. Snagged and grabbed. I appreciate you. And we send the listeners light. Always. You all get light. Be safe. Enjoy the spooky tale without consequences. The safety and light. Mm-hmm. Um, please be sure to check out our Instagram. We have content on there daily so that's pretty cool if you enjoy the podcast please support us on patreon and on that note stay spooky spooky. is that good (laughs) i can't